Hi, everyone. Very excited to be here. I want to tell you the story, uh, a little bit about Huddle and how I came to be there and um, how I think there's some really great lessons we can take from Huddle um, that I think will help uh, the Carson Center. Our company designs technologies that help athletes, coaches, and teams win. Um, they combine multiple mediums, right? We take data and statistical information and combine it and merge it with video in lots of unique and interesting ways, and people pay us money every year to do that for them. It's a very exciting industry. There's another side of our business that not as many people may know about, um, which is creating stories for athletes and teams. So we have a community side of our business that helps those people share stories online. Although we got started um, kind of at the elite levels of sport, uh, the University of Nebraska is our first customer along with the New York Jets. Our largest businesses and largest areas for growth actually come from the grassroots and kind of competitive amateur markets. And one of the things you're going to hear me talk about is, is how Huddle kind of thrives in these resource-constrained environments where we need to put teams on a problem and figure something out for a niche, and we really look for cross-disciplinary people to do that for us inside of our company. Here are just a few of our products. We have two flagship products, Huddle, which is the website, huddle.com. You, you can check it out on your phone uh, or on the App Store. And then Sports Code is another one of our products uh, that we use to serve the elite end of the market. We've become, very fortunately, uh, the industry standard. Um, a couple of stats up there. Basically, if you're a high school football team in the US, you're almost required to use Huddle. Um, it's how uh, teams trade their video with one another. And um, that's fueled a lot of our success now moving into other sports, soccer, basketball, volleyball, internationally, we're getting into rugby. And uh, you name it, we're, we're building software that's, that's for that. I should also mention that we have a global footprint now. And the company has been growing rapidly and steadily over the last 11 years. We now have 560 employees in 14 countries. Um, I have the great fortune of being able to travel to many of these offices and meet a lot of our team there. And it's amazing the kind of, uh, basically our culture has been able to spread throughout the world along with um, uh, our offices. So right now I'm the Vice President of Design and uh, Product Director. And that means I get to work with our team. We have about 30 uh, product user interface, user experience designers. I'm not gonna share any of the names. Susan, don't steal any of my people. <laughs> Um, very fortunate to have a crew very distributed, and I travel a lot, and you know, we do our work um, uh, anywhere, and, and technology has actually enabled that. Uh, about half my team is remote. They don't actually work in an office, so I sometimes will travel to them to work and collaborate with them um, at Airbnbs. This is an Airbnb in West Hollywood that we rented out and did workshopping in over a couple of days. Um, so what, am I, what does a VP of design do at a 500-person software company? Well, a big part of my job is helping our teams understand what the future will look like for our customers, what new technologies are emerging that we need to apply to make things more valuable for the people who pay us money and give us our jobs. Um, so this is a photo from our Sydney office where we're doing some ideation, kind of like a 10-year vision sort of exercise where we're um, getting, again, uh, cross-disciplinary groups. We've got QA, a designer, a sales and technical person uh, in this environment, and we make design a very collaborative thing at Huddle. Most of what we produce 
uh, is 2D flat screens. You know, that's the world that we live in. Our business is centered around making apps, making pieces of software. They're on a flat plane. But every once in a while, we get to explore and do a little bit of work in 3D. Uh, Michael here was having his first experience with VR with a Samsung Gear VR headset, and you can tell he was digging it. His mouth's <laughs> wide open in this photo. So I actually travel usually with my Gear VR uh, just to show people who haven't yet experienced what these new mediums will mean for our, our future and our society, and it's always a really, really cool thing. It's actually probably one of my favorite parts about these mediums is showing it off to people who haven't experienced it yet. Um, these are my college buddies, a few years older than me. Uh, from the left, Brian Kaiser, David Graff, and John Wirtz are the founders of Huddle. Um, they uh, were classmates of mine. Uh, all three of these uh, individuals are members of the Rake School. I was as well. I met them there. And um, they took a chance on somebody who was trying to build a cross-disciplinary career. I, I, I came to Nebraska over all other... Um, schools because of the Rakes program, which at the time was known as the J.D. Edwards Honors Program. And I loved the idea of being able to take something that I was passionate about, which was computer science and computer engineering, and merge it with other skills, which included business, which was something that I didn't ever think I would want to study, but it ended up really being an important part of my, my studies at the university. Um, they took me on. I was the first intern and was employee number eight. And so I've, over the last 10 years now, have got to see the company transform from eight employees to 560. Here are the points that I want to cover. I'm going to cover them very briefly, so this is not going to be a long talk. I want to define for you what I think emerging media means, talk about our industry needs, what I'm looking for. Like Susan, I'm, I have a selfish interest. I want the graduates of this program to come work at Huddle. We'll need them. Um, briefly touch on some of the partnerships that have been successful for us. Um, tease a little bit of our R&D so uh, you can see some of the future of what we're working on and why these graduates will be helpful to us because sometimes we don't know what we're doing and we need new training and new skills to come into our organization to help us. And then give my one minute piece of advice on entrepreneurship. That was the main thing that uh, Megan wanted me to mention. So here's my definition. I'm a pragmatist. I was trained as an engineer so I have a very practical view of things. I see it as the convergence of technologies and interaction paradigms that will enable really profound practical impact on people's lives. So we prototype a lot at Huddle. It's part of our process. And uh, Derek and Ryan, two engineers, and I worked on an uh, interactive playbook where customers could take their plays that were, they'd already diagrammed in Huddle and just put themselves in the play at any position on the field. And we prototyped this over a couple days. You know, is every coach and every team going to be able to afford two headsets and the computer required to do this and all the technology that we used? No. Not yet, but we're going to get there, and we need to be able to explore and play in these spaces in order to figure out what's possible and what's not. So one of the things we discovered during our prototyping, we asked a, a football player who's on staff to come in and try it out, and one of the things he mentioned was, you know, it's, it's not very realistic, and we tried to figure out why. He's like, well, there's no face mask in the way. When you're on the football field, your, actual, your view is actually obstructed, what you can see, um, which the headset does that for you a little bit already, but we actually then just put a model of a face mask in front of you and it really upped the realism um, by a huge factor uh, in our tests. And that was something we could never could have learned without experimenting and playing around. So what do we need? One of our values at Huddle is we thrive on the front lines. And what the practical application of that is, it means everybody does support 
we all, every employee at Huddle does customer service and customer support, all 560 people. Uh, we also try to get everyone out into a sales environment. So one of the very common venues that you'll find Huddleys at wearing shirts like this is at coaching conventions. Uh, and we are vendors at these places and we send our engineers there, we send our designers there, our researchers there to understand what the customer is looking for when they're out in the market. So how do I see that translating? Well, the reason that we are able to do that is we find people who want that breadth of experience. You know, it's not, you know, yeah, maybe they're a little scared that they're going to have to be in front of customers, but they realize and intuit very quickly that that experience of understanding what it's like to be a salesperson, understanding what it's like to have to market the product, or understand the financial impact or legal impact of something is going to be a valuable skill to them. This is from the Valve handbook. So the gamers out there, if you're fans of Valve, this is explicitly stated in their company handbook of the kind of employee they want to hire and the kind of employee they want to build. So uh, Tom is Team X employee. I'm Team T employee. I think I'm also Team Vaporized. We're kind of like everyone's <laughs> putting out their, uh, their camps in, this, in these presentations. So let's talk about partnerships a little bit. This is the fact that I don't think has ever been shared publicly, but 11 of 12, Huddle's 12 first full-time employees were graduates of this program. And so that really makes me think 10 years from now, 15 years from now, what's the company, what's the entity, the consultancy, the studio that we're going to be saying that about for the Carson Center? I really look forward to what that will be. It's going to be very exciting. So we've had tremendous success with the design studio program that Steve, uh, Dr. Cooper just mentioned. I can't go into the details of this project. Basically, it involves diving, setting up a camera, draw a finger on the diving board with, um, on an iPad to showcase, to show where the, uh, the computer, where the diving board is, and then the app will automatically capture every dive that you take after that. It's a tremendous time-saving tool for swimming and diving coaches. Students built this in a year. It's an amazing prototype, amazing piece of technology. Okay, a glimpse at emerging media kind of cross, crossing um, in, in our paths. So at the top end of the market, it's becoming common to have um, venues outfitted with really high-resolution, high-definition cameras, 12 to 15 of them, um, that are all simultaneously recording the game. And people have been doing that for a number of years now. Waddle's trying to get into being able to do that with one camera. So we're spending a lot of engineering and uh, research firepower trying to understand and extract information using computer vision from a game, from one single consumer camera. With that information, we can build a model of the game. We can basically map those objects that are on the screen into a 2D plane. Uh, we can also extract that into 3D as well. So we're understanding and starting to pull information out of the video. We can use that information, this is like a little bit of a pipeline here, we can use that information to help us key and animate motion graphics automatically on top of the pitch. Um, and that we can then use, um, this is part of our power-up series where we can essentially augment what you're seeing. Uh, this is a post-production thing, but we can augment what you're seeing to really help enhance these moments. of This athlete's lights is one of his best plays of his career, and we just 10x'd it by making it seem like it came out of a, a production movie, right? And again, this is all off commercial, hard, or commercial hardware and consumer level cameras and equipment. So our software is enabling this to happen. We're taking those, so we're not done yet. We're still got one more layer of this pipeline here where we will 
um, algorithmically and procedurally automatically generate a season highlight reel and a game highlight reel for every game that they are a part of so that student athletes can basically have their best moments from the entire, uh, their entire career, entire season, uh, automatically produced for them. So Ashton is a point guard sophomore in Georgia. He didn't make this video. Huddle made it for him automatically. Many of you have probably maybe seen the Facebook end of year, kind of year in review where they compile a lot of your photos and videos together. We're doing the same sort of thing based on the video and the data and all that processing and analysis on sports videos for athletes. So where do I think this all is going? Here's my vision of how this all combines together. There's a phrase in our industry which is for sports, it's the video doesn't lie. Coaches will say that to players, they'll say that to their assistants. It's this idea that your subjective memory of a sporting event is often very different uh, than uh, what actually happened. You may have thought you played really well, in fact you didn't, or the opposite, sometimes people are really down on themselves when they in fact had a really amazing game. And video helps you objectively look at it afterwards and see how did we do, what do we need to change. But I think if you combine video, statistics, data, and all this processing power that we're going to have on our fingertips and the new mediums and formats to display it all, video, I think that we're going to have to invent new language. It's something else that doesn't lie. It's the, reconstruct, the digital reconstruction of the game doesn't lie. And we're going to be able to have these things in our palms um, and on our heads in the next 10 years. So uh, I'm really looking forward to that. My final little bit of advice on entrepreneurship. So I didn't start Huddle, but I have watched us start a number of ventures in my 10 years with the company. Some have failed. Some have become great uh, multi-million dollar successes. And the common pattern that separates the ones that are successful and the ones that fail come from a triangle. I don't know if anybody watches Silicon Valley on HBO. If you're an executive at a tech company, you have to use triangles. I love triangles. So the three parts of this is called the Keeley Triangle. Uh, the three, three parts are, is it viable, is it feasible, and is it desirable? And if you're missing any one of those three things, your product or your venture is going to fail. And each of these carries risk, right? And when I think about this from an academic or an educational perspective, I see three you know, arms of education. <coughs> Business, technology, and design, and art. And those three things coming together is what makes successful ventures. And that's what we've been able to do at Huddle, and I look forward to uh, helping other teams do that as well. So with that, find me on Twitter. I'm at Noluck Murphy. I'm looking forward to making this a very fantastic success. Thank you. <laughs>